0: Welcome to Mom in Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health, discussing conception, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who have made it from struggling to wellness, and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Hi, and welcome back to Mom in Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. This is a really great episode today that I'm bringing to you about something that we don't really talk about a lot, and it's naturopathic medicine and its potential role in helping heal a mother who's dealing with pregnancy or postpartum mood changes. So we're going to be talking with Dr. Christine White, a naturopathic physician who has a general practice in Missoula, Montana, where she treats patients along the full spectrum from prenatal to hospice care support. As a naturopathic physician, her focus is on treating the whole person, regardless of the specific diagnosis, and working to uncover the underlying root cause of illness. She's become increasingly involved in the care of women dealing with perinatal mood disorders and offering perspective and treatment options beyond traditional medication options. Dr. White regularly collaborates with colleagues across many disciplines and specialties in the healthcare realm. She is actively involved in the profession of naturopathic medicine, serving in the state naturopathic association, including past president, as well as holding a governor-appointed seat on the state of Montana's Board of Alternative Healthcare, the licensing board for naturopathic physicians in Montana. What I think is really going to be great for you guys to hear is a different perspective on health and wellness that we don't often hear from conventional doctors doctors And in our circles of health and healing, I think it's really important for you guys to have access to lots of different modalities of healing and wellness. And this is one that I'm really excited to bring to you today. Welcome, Dr. White. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here.
0: I'm really excited to share this information with everybody in terms about the work that you do, what naturopathic medicine is, how it works, and specifically how you're able to support pregnant or postpartum moms, I think this is really good information and a good approach and a really good integrative or complementary form of care for some moms. So please start off with letting us know what is naturopathy, what is naturopathic medicine, and what is your approach?
1: Great. Thanks, Dr. Kat. Well, naturopathic medicine is a distinct system of medicine. I mean, we are primary family practice physicians, and our emphasis in the work that we do is about prevention and treatment and the promotion of optimal health. I mean, one of the things I think that's wonderful about naturopathic medicine is that we are this blending of modern, traditional, scientific, and sort of empirical methods of treating people and understanding medicine. So it's this blending of the art and science of medicine. As naturopathic doctors, we are licensed family practice physicians. We have four-year postgraduate medical educations, which are done in residence, meaning that this is, you know, an in-person, in-school medical school, just like medical doctors or doctors of osteopathy go through. Our first two years of medical school are very comparable to what MDs or DOs go through. It's Mm -hmm. about the basic sciences, the anatomy, the physiology, and it's about the basic diagnostics and understanding human body systems. And from there in our third and fourth years of school is where we diverge. We focus a lot on diet and nutrition and herbal medicine and physical medicine, lifestyle um, interventions for people. And what we're doing ultimately as doctors is that we're working to treat the underlying or root cause of what's going on um, Hmm. with someone's health. What I like to say to my new patients is that in our first couple of visits, my goal is to weave together the tapestry that represents who they are. And I'm looking for the threads that run through their entire picture because it's those common threads are the ones that I want to touch upon. And I say to them, sort of the wonderful side effect of doing medicine in this way is that sometimes things we aren't even treating get better as a side effect of actually treating the underlying imbalance.
0: Wow. Sign me up. That sounds fantastic. (laughs) That sounds really great. So it's very holistic looking at the whole system and looking at all parts of what may be contributing to someone's illness or issue.
1: Correct. And, you know, we're doing conventional lab testing. We're doing specialty lab testing, as well as, you know, a grounding and a knowledge base in nutrition and various other body sciences so that we can understand based on what our patients are telling us what's actually going on for them. So one of the other things I also just want to explain about naturopathic medicine is that in the United States, we have two kinds of naturopathic doctors And it's important, it's always important for me for people to understand that there are those of us like myself who have a four-year in-residence postgraduate medical education who have taken licensing exams and who are licensed in the jurisdictions in which they practice. We also have some folks who also get a doctorate of naturopathy but through a correspondence school, so it is not the hands-on medicine nor is it the over 4,000 hours of classroom and clinical education that we have. So when folks are new to naturopathic medicine, I just like to put out there that if you are looking for a naturopathic doctor to just, you know, be a wise consumer in terms of who you are seeking out, and you can always ask someone, where did you go to school? You know, are you licensed? The other piece about naturopathic medicine is that we presently are only licensed in 19 states in this country, as well as the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. So okay. we are not licensed in every single state. And so some of your listeners may be in a location where naturopathic doctors are not necessarily licensed. So it may be a little bit more difficult to find someone, but I would encourage them to look.
0: Okay, that's really great information. I mean, how would any consumer figure that out for themselves? Exactly. Appreciate and I think, that.
1: yeah, the more serious the issue that you're dealing with, you need to understand who your health care provider is. So, the sort of people that come to see a naturopathic physician that come to see me are probably the vast majority of them are people who have typically sought other forms of health care for chronic situations Mm. and they haven't gotten better. So, Mm. it is rare that I see someone who has really only not been well for a very short period of time. Most of my patients come in with pretty thick charts with yeah. you know years of testing or they come in with years of just not feeling well and they have been told everything is perfectly fine mm-hmm. and yet they know something is not right. Mm-hmm. I also see those wonderful folks who whether they're coming in as young adults or they're coming in as 70-year-olds are coming in strictly because they know that they could feel better. They're already strongly engaged in their own healthcare and they're looking for a guide or a coach or for someone to help them navigate Some of the ordinary health situations that come up through the course of life, they just want a different opinion from a different sort of a doctor.
0: Okay, that's kind of a wide group of people that are coming in, but certainly, you know, I actually fit into one of those categories. And I see a naturopathic doctor myself specifically for hormone related stuff, stuff around my period, uh, which no other doctors have been able to help me figure out why it's so intense. And the doctor that I've seen recently told me that I had an estrogen dominance that was impacting my hormone changes. And so I'm on a regimen of things. And that's one of the reasons I'm particularly interested in your discussion. But also in just for people listening is, you know, I had my own perinatal mood disorder. And one of the risk factors of having those is having a really difficult periods, really difficult hormonal PMS stuff. So I didn't find out until later that that was a risk factor. But it makes me wonder, had I had the right kind of treatment earlier on, would it have prevented worsening of the postpartum period? Who knows? I'm assuming yes. Yes, Um, I think
1: those are great questions. And I think in many ways only makes sense.
0: mm -hmm. Right. Our hormones
1: are our hormones.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So I'd love for you to share what you've seen specifically in pregnant and postpartum moms in terms of how you support them, how you think about what's going on for them, if they're coming in with anxiety or depression or how they're presenting to you and how you help them. That's a lot of questions, but what do you see?
1: The women who are coming to me for the perinatal or postpartum mood issues, some of them are coming to me knowing that perinatal mood disorders and the depression and the anxiety can become extreme and they're simply trying to be aware. Uh They know that either many of these women are still pregnant, they know about the work that I do, or they know someone in their life who's been through this. And so they come in and talk about that. I also then obviously deal with a lot of women who come in who are deep in the midst of the depression or the anxiety or some combination of that in the middle of a postpartum period. What most of those women are looking for, I guess, fall in two categories. Either they have sought therapy and conventional care, and it hasn't Mm -hmm. quite worked. Either the medications don't sit well with them, they're having side effects that they don't like, they're not able to take those medications, or for some women, they do not want to take those medications. As a naturopathic physician, I obviously have a lot of people who come to me who are actually somewhat against conventional medicine. And so then Mm -hmm. that becomes a conversation of, you know, I believe that all these systems of medicine can work together. And this podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often
0: having to figure out things as we go. And that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert Uliana Ortube and she discusses all the things you'd wanna know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, does my child need an IEP? was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Lynn, this time of year, parenting
2: can
3: be such a fluster You've come to the right place. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.
1: My goal is that my patients, that these women who come to me, understand the full range of options. Even those options that I can't prescribe. Some of the pharmaceutical options are not in the range of medications I can prescribe for women. I still want them to understand them, and I want them to understand how that fits in with a broader scope of care or a broader look at their case. So mm-hmm. so women come to me in all degrees of illness or wellness around the perinatal period. And so when they come in and they really are in some level of distress, that's where I sit, sit down with them and I say, look, I'm here to hear your story. Mm-hmm. I'm here to hear what you want and what you think you need. And then let's try to get an in-depth enough look at who you are and not just who you are right now, but who were you before you got pregnant? How did Mm -hmm. your pregnancy go? What sort of a birth process did you have? What are things like in all manner of ways, postpartum from your support network to how well are you eating? Are you exercising? You know, it's about trying to tease out all of that information to decide what's appropriate.
0: Wow. So if I can just say now myself been to a conventional doctor, a naturopathic doctor, and all of the things that you described did not happen for me with a conventional doctor. And I'm not saying that they are inherently bad or anything like that, but the way that that system is set up is that they don't have the time to go into the kinds of things that you just described. Correct. And I think in my first meeting with the doctor that I met with, a naturopathic doctor, she spent an hour and a half with me.
1: Correct. And that's pretty typical. If you're going to go see a naturopathic physician, typically your first appointment will be 90 minutes.
0: Yeah, it is. And it allows for really in-depth understanding and, and a bigger picture understanding. And yeah.
1: Yes. Because, you know, what I'm trying to assess is very much, as you spoke to a minute ago, we're trying to understand a hormone status that while... Conventional approach to a postpartum mood disorder focuses very much on sort of the anxiety, depression per se, and perhaps the brain chemistry around that, specifically things like serotonin, epinephrine, and norepinephrine, and GABA, because we have medications that can manipulate those pathways. I'm also very interested in hormone status. You know, what were your hormones like before you were pregnant? How tired were you? How... Problematic or not were your menstrual cycles? What was PMS like? What was your miscarriage history like? Because oftentimes miscarriage history is a huge indicator of either a progesterone deficiency or sometimes sort of a B vitamin pathway issue that some women genetically have that makes them more susceptible to all kinds of sort of chemical imbalances that are subtle but can result in miscarriage. Wow. It's also recognizing, you know, at what age women are having children later and later, which is, you know, fabulous. It also puts women closer and closer to that perimenopausal period of time where hormones become, I guess, like I like to say, they're a little bit less resilient because perimenopause and menopause is not a disorder. It's just another life transition. But Mm -hmm. having a baby somewhere in your late thirties or in your early forties means that your hormone levels are just quite frankly, not as resilient as they were 20 years Mm -hmm. earlier. So when you go through the truly the stress and, and some of the trauma of pregnancy and birth and postpartum, how quickly you can bounce back hormonally is hugely impactful on how your brain responds and oh. therefore can set women up to be at risk, just mm-hmm. as you talked about, for a perinatal mood disorder. And in my way of thinking, that's really not very complicated. It's Hormones weren't (laughs) optimally balanced before. It's Mm -hmm. possible they're not optimally
0: balanced. Wow. I mean, that's a fascinating perspective and thought. Just as an aside, what's the range of what you've seen in terms of someone bouncing back hormonally and kind of leveling back out? Does it go from, you know, a week? Could be a week, could be a year. What's the range?
1: It's typically really fairly quick. So one Mm -hmm. of the misnomers about natural medicine or naturopathic medicine is that Getting better takes a really long time, and mm-hmm. that's actually not true. If you can understand and dial into what element of someone's system or what elements are out of balance, you can fairly quickly get those impacted or sort of manipulated. And it may mean mm-hmm. that someone is working a treatment plan for a while until they really you know, resume their, their previous level of health. Mm-hmm. But getting there doesn't take forever. I mean, I treat a lot of, you know, what just gets referred to as fatigue in the realm of naturopathic medicine or what's sometimes called functional medicine is understanding that your adrenal glands, which sit on top of your kidneys and control some pretty important hormones like cortisol, are involved in fatigue.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Fatigue is an underlying piece to any of this perinatal mood disorder discussion. And mm-hmm. I can impact that within two or three days. So my goal is that within three to five days, the women that I'm working with are beginning to feel better. And hormonal balancing ultimately takes, you know, somewhere from three to nine months because then we have factors of breastfeeding and, you know, all sorts of other things in there. Sure. We can impact a woman hormonally very, very quickly. It definitely takes, you know, sort of a minimum of three months for things to start to settle out a little bit better. Mm Mm-hmm. But we can address it pretty quickly. And because for some women, that means we actually need to give them hormones. Sometimes okay. we can do this with the herbs and sometimes women need progesterone or sometimes they need estrogen desperately. So,
0: wow. I'm assuming that there are some tests either taking their history or taking some kind of blood work or something where you can figure out what their levels are.
1: Correct. I do a whole range of testing depending on sort of what we can do based on, you know, woman's individual situation, but yes, you can do quite frankly, simple blood testing to look at estrogen and progesterone, testosterone, DHA, some of those basic hormones that we know about. We can do blood testing to look at hormone levels. If we're dealing with, I'm dealing with a little bit more of a complex case. I like to add in either urine hormone testing or salivary hormone testing. Various different ways of testing hormones, whether it's blood, saliva, or urine, give us Mm -hmm. different answers. Hmm. So depending on how complex or critical a case is, I might need to ask more than just blood level questions. Sure. But there are absolutely ways of asking these questions and there are absolutely doctors out there who are willing to ask them.
0: So just kind of a juxtaposition for somebody who is kind of recovering fine after birth and isn't having any of these complications, how long does it take for their bodies to resume kind of normal hormone function or back to their baseline?
1: Yes. Oh, that's a little bit of a hard question because part of what we don't (laughs) have Mm. are baselines. We do not routinely test the hormone levels of women who are recently Mm -hmm. postpartum. Mm -hmm. So we don't really have any reference ranges. So I would say that for the majority of women who were pretty healthy going Mm -hmm. into the pregnancy Mm -hmm. and maybe less than 40, I would say within, you know, two to three months, things are leveling out to probably a normal postpartum for them if they are breastfeeding, you know, if contraception has gotten back in here, like hormonal contraception, all of these things can influence it. Sure. But, you know, as we know, most women sort of bounce back to some resemblance of their former self within two or three months. But then we get factors like sleep deprivation or, you know, pre-pregnancy fatigue that's now magnified. And Mm -hmm. that's when it becomes harder to... Um, help someone get back to a steady place for them.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can see how that would be difficult to gauge. I mean, on some level, I wonder just in general if we should be having our hormones tested just to understand what our own baselines are.
1: I'm actually an advocate of that. I'm definitely an advocate of that. And definitely if, particularly for women who have had a history with a postpartum mood disorder,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: particularly for women who are, past 35 or 40, Mm -hmm. I think it's really wise to get a baseline level with some form of testing of hormones pre-pregnancy so that postpartum, if things are not going well, we can then compare those numbers to the pre-pregnant numbers and figure out where we need to help someone to get back closer to where they used to be.
0: Okay, so, I mean, there are so many ways to think about this and address this, and this really holistic way kind of, you know, broadens my perspective on how we can support people both before, during, and after, so that they're aware of their own bodies and how their own bodies are functioning.
1: Yes, and to also really respect and appreciate that that stress and life change mm-hmm. and sleep deprivation are extraordinarily impactful on the human being. Right. So, whether you're a new mother for the first time or a new mother for the fifth time, you know, there's that level of fatigue and that level of sleep deprivation. And depending on your baseline level of health, will depend on how resilient, to use that word again, women are at handling that. And so, that's why one of the most important things and the first set of questions I talk to women about. Is, you know, what is your fatigue level like and are you sleeping? Right. Because if women are not sleeping, none of the rest of these questions matter.
0: I so agree with you. And it's often overlooked as something that is expected for women to be tired. So it's not taken seriously enough.
1: Correct. And there is sort of that normal postpartum tired, and then there yeah. is the can't function postpartum tired of days and days without quality enough sleep. I mean, one of the women I have worked with who has been through a postpartum psychosis, one of the things I have taken away from her and her experience is to remember that sleep deprivation is literally an internationally recognized form of torture. Right. We recognize that sleep deprivation can really make you unwell. Right. Why would a postpartum mom be considered any different. Yes, it's an infant. Yes, sleep is not what it was. But that's where there's times in my conversations with women where I will sit down that the primary thing that comes out of the treatment plan or of the visit in the treatment plan is who are we going to get involved in your life right now to give you a break enough to get you to sleep? Do we need to pull in a postpartum doula? Do we need to get Mm -hmm. your midwife back in? Do we need to get your family to visit or do we need to get your family to go away? (laughs) What do we need to do so that you can sleep?
0: Right. Ah, That's so important. So important. I'm really glad that you're talking about that.
1: The other thing I also offer women is we can also then think about, you know, there are nutrients, there are herbs, there are things that we can also very safely use postpartum to also help women sleep. And it's everything from as simple as chamomile tea to, you know, understanding the benefits of things like melatonin and, and other sorts of things like that.
0: Do you often see people who are continuing to see a conventional doctor but also want naturopathic support?
1: I do. I see um, probably the majority of the women that I see are being treated by two people, myself and a conventional provider. And so then it's a matter of many of those women are then coming in on some sort of a medication an anti-anxiety or an antidepressive medication. And so mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, so how were you feeling before and how are you feeling now that you're on this medication? And then it's exploring what has gotten better and what hasn't. Mm-hmm. Are there side effects that are getting in the way? And sometimes I end up needing to have a conversation with that other provider to sort of say, look, she's been in to see me. Let me tell you what I'm seeing. Do we want to consider changing your medication or do we want to consider adding something else in on top of it? And that becomes the real value of engaging with someone like a naturopathic doctor because I can and am willing to prescribe natural things, so to speak, that work on the same pathways as the medications. But because I'm also sometimes doing neurotransmitter testing, so I'm Mm -hmm. doing testing to understand how much those medications are actually affecting their brain chemistry (laughs) Pause. I can. Then- <laughs> yes. Wait,
0: I got to pause you there for a second because that is fascinating. Mm-hmm. How do you do that?
1: There are labs out there that do primarily urine testing. And these are tests people do at home. Mm-hmm. That urine testing that will test for things like serotonin, dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine, GABA, glycine, histamine you know, it's capturing what the body has excreted. So it's not an actual snapshot of what's in the brain, Mm -hmm. but it is a good representation of what those neurotransmitters look like. And so, for example, if women are on SSRI, you know, an antidepressant that impacts serotonin, then we can measure what those serotonin levels look like on that medication. And for many of these women, what we see is they're on the medication, they feel a little bit better, but their serotonin levels are still rock bottom. Hmm. So then we either... They can either choose to up the medication, or I can put in things to help them make more serotonin so that we can sort of get to a sweet spot in there and feel better. But that testing exists. It's not used by conventional practitioners. The testing has been around forever. It's used extensively in research. I mean, this is how you figure out the medication mm-hmm. that you just developed in a laboratory is actually affecting the pathway that you want it to affect. You go well, test. Well, the well, why you isn't know. this used everywhere? <laughs> I know. I, I know, Cat. you're in exactly the same place I get to. <laughs> okay. Really? But it's,
0: yeah, fascinating. And so fascinating. we could have
1: a whole other conversation about this if you yeah. want to. But this testing right. exists, and I don't always do it, but I do it pretty frequently.
4: Amazing. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hello, you sentient ball
2: of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist, and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Okay, so that's another benefit. I mean,
0: you're really able to kind of go in there and basically see, is this treatment working or not?
1: Correct, because sometimes what goes on is that women are in the midst of a perinatal mood disorder. Mm -hmm. They are on one or two medications. I oftentimes will see them on an antidepressant. Mm -hmm. And a more of an acute anti-anxiety, anxiolytic medication. Mm -hmm. And those two things together, they still don't feel right. They're Mm -hmm. still depressed. They still have, you know, they're still hypervigilant. They still have extreme anxiety. They're still not sleeping very well. And Mm -hmm. so that's a point where the neurotransmitter testing and hormone testing are critical. Because it's like, let's figure out, let's quit experimenting on you and let's figure out (laughs) exactly what levels are off and let's treat the ones that are off. Because, you know, I also don't like to throw women or people into sort of the, the imbalance that happens when medications get rapidly changed or doses go up or down. You know, it's like, can we just leave you the way you are, figure out what that looks like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and what can we add into that? And then gradually, ideally those Mm -hmm. medications come back out as Mm -hmm. they achieve their own Optimal health by beginning to raise certain chemical levels in the body and lower other ones. And
0: I'm sort of like laughing to myself over here out of maybe sadness that I hear so many women who feel like they're being experimented on. Like you just mentioned, they're trying this medication, it doesn't work, and that one, it doesn't work. And sometimes that needs to happen, you know, Mm -hmm. to try out stuff and see what works and what doesn't. But the idea that you can maybe reduce the amount of time that you have to do that or that there's another avenue. You don't have to just, it doesn't have to be all trial and error. You can actually look and see, does this work or not? Exactly.
1: That's- and this is also where it's also always great if if women can be working with people, if they are going to be on these medications who have really been prescribing these medications for a really long time. So hopefully they really do understand the ins and outs mm-hmm. and what right. to try next. Right.
0: And certainly there are times when a conventional medication is used and that's all that's needed and people are good and fine. But we're talking about the complicated cases where those interventions haven't been successful or aren't as successful as they could be. People aren't still feeling how they could be.
1: Correct. And we're also talking about those cases where women had really no mental health issues Mm -hmm. prior to the perinatal mood disorder. Mm -hmm. And so then my perspective with them is let's get you back to who you used to be. I don't believe that a perinatal mood disorder diagnosis should always result then in a lifetime of a medication.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, sometimes things shift and change and we can't find perfect normal balance again without medication. But my philosophy is if your body was able to regulate before pregnancy, we ought to be able to sort out why you couldn't postpartum why you either needed that medication or additional help. And then how do we understand you now so we can work you back off a medication that served you well, but that Mm -hmm. you didn't need before this period of time? Right. Why should you have to necessarily be taking it forever?
0: So then you must be seeing people get back to their wellness
1: pretty often. I do. I do. As I sort of sit here and I think about the number of, the women with perinatal mood disorders who've come through. I think I can think of one case that was so complex. Um, I, I mean, I had to refer her on, and mm-hmm. so I have lost touch. But I don't know, other than that, that I have cases of women who we really couldn't help them resume a level of optimal health. Mm-hmm.
0: This is just so fascinating and such great information and useful information. And certainly there are people who feel most comfortable with conventional doctors and go that route. And that's what works for them. And that's awesome. And I think the value of talking to you about this is to let people know that there are other options. Because quite often I hear people feeling stuck and why can't I feel better? You know, feeling just flustered and frustrated by inability to get back to themselves. And this is another great option.
1: It is. It's just another one of the options. And back to what I said at the beginning, you know, my quest in doing the work that I do as the kind of physician that I am is I want all of my patients to understand all of their options, Mm -hmm. even if some of those options are not options I could do or Mm -hmm. would even necessarily want to recommend. It's not my choice. It's theirs. And patients cannot make fully informed choices. Postpartum moms cannot make fully informed choices if they don't understand that there are things beyond psychotherapy, conventional medication, and a very few limited supplements that sort of get touted as being useful in the postpartum period. There is an entire realm of medicine out here that if it is what women want or what is appropriate for them, they should know it's there and they should be able to find someone they can engage in this conversation with.
0: Wow. I'm so thankful to you for the work that you do and for coming on and sharing this information with me and with our listeners and hopefully people who are listening. I mean, I'm sort of over here with my like jaw on the ground <laughs> about all of the things that I didn't know, but, you know, can see how helpful and beneficial it can be to someone who can't quite figure it out.
1: You know, I thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation. And, you know, it's hard from where I struggle is, you know, when women are struggling in this period of time, you shouldn't have to figure it out yourself. You shouldn't have to be out there, you know, as we say, talking to Dr. Google, trying to figure out what to do next. And so um, it's not a secret. And I hope that as time goes on, more and more women begin to Find people who can help them with this and who can navigate this with another set of tools.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. You're
1: very, very welcome.
0: Hi, mom and mine listeners. Thank you so much for listening. I'd really love to hear from you guys what your experience is listening to the podcast and how it's influenced either you getting support of your own or seeking out training or whatever way that it has supported you. So I've compiled a short six-question anonymous survey. SurveyMonkey. I'm going to drop the link to that in the show notes. And so it will also be on my social media accounts on Facebook and on Twitter. I would really, really love to get some feedback from you guys and hear how listening to the Mom and Mind podcast has impacted you. So if you can, please take just a couple of minutes, find that link and take that survey. Thank you so much. So as you guys can hear, there's a lot of stuff that we don't really know about and talk about when it comes to this other type of health care. I think it's useful for us to know about multiple different types of healing modalities, especially for those of us who feel stuck and confused and the things that we've been trying aren't working. There are other things that we can look into. So I'm going to leave all the places that you can connect with Dr. White in the show notes. She's at montananaturalmedicine.com. She has a Facebook page, Black Bear Naturopathic Clinic, And also, if you are interested in finding a naturopathic doctor in your area, you can go to naturopathic.org, N-A-T-U-R-O-P-A-T-H-I-C.org, and look for a licensed naturopathic doctor. And certainly, as with any treatment modality that you're looking into, you know, check out resources, making sure that the provider is the type of provider that you need and can help you with the kind of conditions that you have, and that they're open to working with your primary care physician or your OB so that you can make sure all of your treatment providers are on the same page. Again, this isn't a specific recommendation of something you should be doing, but just information to give you guys so that you know you have multiple options when it comes to your health and wellness. Thank you for joining us today. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com. Also, please subscribe and share this podcast. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Thank you for being a part of the Mom and Mind community.